Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Come on, do me a favor. Stand up. Stand up. Look the person next to you. Look them dead in the eyes. Say, are you ready? If you don't think they're ready, turn around and find somebody else. Be like, are you ready? All right, sit down, sit down, sit down. Um... It's been an amazing week for me. I just want to say thank you. You guys have been so welcoming. And, uh, well, most of you, some of you guys are low-key mean, but it's okay. It's okay. God loves you. I don't like you, but God loves you. Just kidding. I love you. Uh, I got invited to a wedding tomorrow. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's the first... Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I think it's going to be like the worst thing ever, but I'm going to show up. Okay. Um, just want to see, just want to see a train wreck in real life. Um, how you feeling, Laura? You good? Good. Do me a favor. You got a Bible? Let's go. Let's go. If you don't have a Bible, we got it for you. Turn to the sky Bible. And we're going to kind of piggyback off where that amazing video left off. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, where are we going to start at? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And have you guys give, have you given anyone a compliment today? If you haven't, hey, turn to the person next to you. Give them a compliment. Say, you look amazing tonight. Now turn to the person, turn to the other person you ignored for whatever reason, but you're playing B choice, and say, you smell great. <laughs> Some of us had to lie in church, you know, we had to speak it in faith, like, oh, you smell great. <sighs> All right, Ephesians chapter two. Um, did I give you Ephesians two? I didn't give you Ephesians. You're just going to have to trust me because I got it. And this is what it says. I'm going to start at verse 11. And uh, actually, I'm going to start at verse 12. No, I'm going to start at verse 13. 13, I'm committing. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away... I've been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace and has made the two groups one and it is, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. Everybody say peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, 
by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself, as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity that we get to come together hang out, have fun, but also discover how we're actually knit together, how we're actually created to be a part of your family. And I pray that tonight we all have a deeper understanding of your love for us, how that translates into our love for each other. And I pray that our trust in your love grows a little bit more tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Have you ever, that sounds like the start of a game, huh? Have you ever? Oh, and that's how it goes, never have a, yeah, well. So, so, so. How many of you guys, just, just remind me, it's been, it's been a crazy week. <laughs> She's already raising her hand. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? <laughs> uh, how many of you guys, if you, how many of you guys before, how many of you guys have been to camp? You, you've been coming to this camp. Just remind me. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. 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 And then how many of you guys are affiliated or have been raised or frequently attend some sort of church or okay 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 good to know how many of you guys have ever trusted someone in a relationship in some sort of relationship family dynamic best friend Somebody you met on Call of Duty online and you thought they were going to have your back and they let you die. You know what I mean? Like, okay. How many of you guys have ever had a relationship and it did not work? Or something, yeah, I mean, if it's your family, you're stuck, but okay. Hmm. I'm waiting to see the guy that's getting married tomorrow. I'm like, just wait till next year. I can ask you, how many of you relationships been in a relationship that didn't work? He's like, well, no. Just kidding. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be like Lauren. Okay, okay. Here, here's, here's what's crazy about relationships. Here's a, in any relationship, family relationship, someone telling you that they got your back in cod and they let you die. Uh, best friends, who your best friends all through middle school, and that trifling two-time in skank decides to mess with the girl boy you like, and then high school, and then you write her off. It hasn't happened yet. Just wait, ladies. She's not loyal. <laughs> Just throwing doubt in every friendship. <laughs> here, 
here's here's what's tough about relationships. We all need them. But once we, get our, once we get our trust hurt, once we get our feelings hurt, it's always harder to trust that the next one will work out. And this happens, like, if you've ever been to a new school, and at the old school something bad happened, like, you go into the new school already kind of assuming, like, this is probably not going to be the best. You ever been there? If you've ever been cut from a team or, or not even cut, you just never got played, you start to wonder, like, maybe something's wrong with me. And, and that's how it works in life. Like the, the more you open yourself up in relationship, the more you open yourself up to be vulnerable, the more you open yourself up to trust, every time you get hurt, the more likely you are to pull back. And I mean, logically, if you go through life long enough, eventually you get to a spot where you could be 15, 16, 17, you could be 14. You just stop trusting that any good thing is gonna happen out of relationship, so you just try to protect yourself. Anybody ever been there in some way? Ever? Like, I'm just gonna look out for myself. I'm just gonna not trust anybody because it's probably not gonna work out. Okay. Now, here's what makes my job hard, okay? Can I be honest? This is, this is a safe space. It's like my group therapy where I can talk about my problems to like 100 teenagers who, <laughs> okay, cool. I'm here trying to tell you about how much a God who you've never seen before loves you and cares for you, but most likely you're filtering what I'm saying through your experience of your own life. Like, if God really loves me, then why did you fill in the blank happen? If God really cares for me, then why does my family life suck? If God really wants me or chooses me or made me beautifully and wonderfully made, why does no one else want me? Like those are the filters, those are the barriers, those are the walls that a lot of you have built up in your mind and in your heart so that every time I'm trying to tell you, no, 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 God's for you, you're like, well, my dad wasn't, so mm, I don't know. And so what happens is we can come into environments like this and 80% of you guys, you've been coming here for year after year after year and you hear talks or messages every single night and maybe it makes you feel good or maybe you want to believe it, but you're like, well, it sounds good, but it's probably more about that other person, but I don't fully trust that that applies to me. Then... Let's imagine that some of you are self-aware and you know you do some jacked up stuff. Like you know, (laughs) I'm a mess. (laughs) So now you're factoring, not only is it hard for me to trust that God loves me because of what other people have done or not done for me, I also know the stuff I look at, I know the messages that I've sent, I know the things that I've done, I know that I'm still hoping my counselor don't find my cell phone. Like, you then have to factor in all the dumb stuff you do because then you're really like, I don't know if God really messed with me like that. I don't know, Justin. I'm not like these other kids. Some of you have had a, a harder life. 
than most people realize. And you've had to make decisions. You've had to do things that are people would judge or frown upon, but you were just trying to survive. You were just trying to make it through another day. And I'm not saying like you grew up in like some, you know, third world Middle Eastern country and you're like a little teenage army soldier. But a lot of the dumb decisions you've made have been for self-preservation. A lot of you don't even like drugs, but you smoke so you're not alone with your friends. A lot of you are not uh, promiscuous by nature. You're not, you're not trying to take advantage of other people. You're not trying to do those things, but you find your identity in how other people view you and if, and if they'll accept you and if they want you. And so some of the, the things that you've done, some of the decisions you've made that other people exposed you for, you were just trying to feel loved. You were just trying to feel wanted. That time you made fun of that kid, that time you were joining in everybody else and roasting that kid or bullying that kid, you didn't have anything against that kid. You were just thinking, well, shoot, better him than me. <laughs> and so we've all done these things and we find ourselves going through these cycles where this is what I would equate it to. We do things that we know aren't going to really make us feel better in the long run, but they make us feel better right now. You know what I'm talking about? Like we make decisions, we say things, we do things, we act out, and that's not even really what we want to do. It's not who we want to be, but it just helps us get through the moment. Some of you are quiet, you're isolated, you're introverted, not because you don't like people. It's because you've already told yourself that those people don't like you. And so you'd rather just sit alone by yourself instead of Somebody else not wanting to be around you or rejecting you or making you feel unseen. It's like, well, I might as well just mind my business and play with this little, what are those stupid things that all the, were you, were you, the, okay, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody like, I don't know what he's talking about, but whatever. Can I read you another scripture? Because this is what I want you to do. I think Jesus understands. I'm going to show it to you. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you a story, then I'll read your scripture. Sound good? Okay. So we talked about Dave yesterday, right? And how, you know, Dave was out there thotting and killing and just wilding out. Well, that's like the worst side of David's story. And I don't want to leave you with the interpretation or with the image in your mind that David was just this horrible, uh, womanizing, rapist, murdering, manipulative jerk. Because he was, but that's not all he was, okay? So before he did all those terrible things, when he was a teenager... He actually was a hero. He was the guy because he got there was this situation where uh, his country and another country were at war and everyone was scared. No one knew what to do. And so David went to the king. The king saw and was like, hey, don't worry. I'll go fight dude. One v one. And uh, he did. And the Bible says he took a stone like a smooth rock. And he took a, a slingshot. And then he. Just a little wrist action. And he killed the giant with the stone. And everyone else was terrified. Like, no one else was trying to fight this giant. Like, no one else wanted no smoke, didn't want nothing to do with it. And David was like, don't worry, I'll do it. And he did. And he killed the giant with just one stone. Everybody say one stone. Like, one stone. 
And he killed, he, he killed the thing, he defeated the thing that everyone else was scared to, to deal with. And then um, something interesting happened. David made some mistakes we talked about yesterday. And then he grew up and he grew old and then he died. As people do, yeah. But then I read my Bible and it says something interesting. I was reading the Bible, uh, about, I wanted to read about the Christmas story, you know, when Jesus was born, you know, because Jesus is the reason for the season, right? Okay. For Christmas, Jesus is the, anyway. Okay, okay. So I'm reading the Christmas story, and uh, I start off in the beginning of the book, and, and it, it gives like the bio of Jesus, right? And it said this, it says that, it, it was long story short, it said, and this is the genealogy of Jesus, Son of David, right? And I was like, wait a minute. Jesus is the son of God. That's a trick. But in actuality, when God sent Jesus to earth, he had to come through a family. And the Bible says that he came as a descendant of David. Now, I don't know about you guys, but imagine that you could choose your family. All right, everybody just think for a moment. Imagine that you get to choose who your parents are. Now, let's just say we, we all love our parents, right? Okay, okay, most of us, right? Okay. Even if you don't like them, you still love them. You're, okay, okay. But imagine you got to choose up. Like, let's just say you have the option of having your mom, who's amazing. What's your mom's name? Caroline. Oh, she, Caroline. We love Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Okay, we love Caroline. She's amazing. I would love Caroline to be my mom. She sounds like a wonderful woman, and she raised you. But if Oprah was available as a mother, Caroline gotta go. I'm just saying. Like, you telling me I can have sweet Caroline. Or I can have Oprah, where you get a car, and 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 you get a Tesla. And you hear me like, who we choosing? Right? Sweet Oprah. No, it's going to be like, adopt me. You know what I mean? Like, Because if we get the choice, we want to be in the best family available. That's just human. Like, 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 come on, give me Oprah money. Caroline money is amazing. But Oprah money, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, clean your room. No, we pay for someone to do that. You know what I'm saying? And so I was reading the Bible, and, I'm, and my therapist just said I have ADHD, so maybe you're seeing it. But in my mind, I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, why would Jesus choose to come through the womanizing, rapey, manipulative, murderous David? Like, you could choose any family line to come from. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, chooses David? Like David, David? Like, I just read the story. I wouldn't want I wouldn't be associated with David. Like, oh, is that your dad? The uh the one who does that? I'm like, oh man, oh man. And and and, and so. Here's what blew my mind, is that Jesus himself chose to come through David, 
And the only good thing David really ever did with his life was he threw a rock. I mean, not, not the only, but like literally, you know what I mean? But then, then I read about Jesus. And, you know, Christmas is amazing. But then there's another holiday that really Jesus is famous for called, well, I was going to say uh, Hanukkah, but Easter's fine. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Easter. I wanna, can I read you the Easter story real quick? Real quick? Okay, okay. Matter of fact, Maui, you can come do your thing. I'm, 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 I'm Mauiing up. So I'm going to read you the story real quick. Okay, okay. It says this. This is Luke. It's Luke chapter 21-ish, 20-something. 24. I was close. Come on. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Okay, spoiler alert. Jesus is dead too. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. They found the what? So I couldn't see. The what? The stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. You know you're fresh when you lightning fresh. Like you glisten, you hidden. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the, women, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Go back a verse to verse 5. I think that's important. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus, son of David. I remember when I was 15. How do you? Uh, we're close. You look 15. I, nobody asked you, bro. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Love you, Z. Z, Z, I love you, man. So when I was your age, when I was your age, when I was your age, I went to a church thing like this, okay? And um, I had grown up in church. I was a drug baby. Like, I got drugged to church. <laughs> Sundays, Wednesday nights, youth groups, all the things. I knew all the songs. I didn't have a cool, tatted up, way too buff worship leader like Maui. Maui, that's low-key intimidating. Like, and uh, so when I, when I grew up, like I heard all the stories, you know what I mean? I heard, oh, Jesus loves you and God has a plan for your life. And I was just trying to stay awake. And I remember when I was uh, 15, I was in a really dark space. I was at a new school. I just started high school. And I was just lost. I, like, I was just trying to figure it out. I was, like, I, was, I was trying to figure it out, you know? And I thought, man, if I hang out with these certain kids, I think I, think I have a good year. Like, life will be good. Um, those were not the right kids for me. They were getting high all the time. 
uh, they were just wanted to just drink and then I was like well maybe if I get with the most girls then that'll set me I'll be the I'll be that guy I'll be the man and uh, I tried to talk to every single girl in my school that other high school like I was wowing and it wasn't enough and I didn't realize that me trying to figure out trying to be significant trying to like matter in my life how much I was hurting the other people other people's lives because I I didn't I didn't view them as you know I didn't view myself as loved by God so I didn't really care what happened to them I would tell girls all the time I love you just just so I could have sex with them I remember one girl told me you're pathetic I was like that hurt but in actuality she was right I was acting very pathetic because I was trying to use people to fill a need that no one else could and uh, I remember at 15 I got invited to this church conference thing kind of like this but not as cool like there was no pink ball it was just it was just a church one day thing and uh, I didn't want to go why would I go to church for fun that sounds dumb and then somebody was like, but there's going to be hundreds of girls there. I was like, I'm there in Jesus' name. That's where I'm supposed to be. So I went to this church thing just to meet girls. I was like a David. And I met this girl. Because they said it's going to be a thousand girls. I was like, I only need to meet one, you know. And I met this girl. And uh, I'll put that. And we start talking. Like in real life, there was no DMs or Snapchatters or, you know what I mean? It was like real conversation. You guys don't understand. Anyway, just imagine you actually have a conversation in real life with someone. No emojis, just emotions. And we start talking, and then no lie, a couple weeks into it, um, she goes to this camp like this. She goes to an actual camp, and she comes back home. And she, it was just like this. She couldn't take her phone. So I couldn't talk to her for like five days. It was the longest five days of my life. How many of y'all would be like, I haven't been able to talk to my crush in five days. Yeah, I know it's the worst, right? So she comes back home and she calls me. And this is what she says. I was like, hey girl, I missed you. She said, aw. She said, I have to break up with you. I said, what? She said, you're holding me back from my relationship with God. I was like, first of all, I'm God's gift to you. So I don't know what kind of cult you went to, but they lied. And she said, no, you're holding me back from my relationship with God. At 15, a 15-year-old telling another 15-year-old, I can't talk to you anymore because you're interfering in my relationship with God. So this was a Saturday night. I'll never forget it. Saturday, 2005. You know what I did that next Sunday? I went to her church because I had to get her out that cold. So I showed up at her church that next Sunday and I heard the gospel. And it wasn't, it was different than I'd ever heard it before. It wasn't based on you got to be good enough and you got to stop being bad and you got to stop looking at porn and you got to stop listening to a little Uzi Vert. It was nothing about stop and it was all about start. It was all about, will you start to trust 
that the God who made you made you on purpose and he made you because he loves you. It was about would you start to take a chance on stop trying to find your identity and how many girls like you, how many followers you can get on MySpace. For you, it would not be MySpace. I mean, unless you want to bring MySpace back. It wasn't about stopping. It was all about starting. And that day, that Sunday, around February, no, actually, it was before. It, yeah, it was, around, it was around February 2015. I gave my life to Jesus for real this time. It wasn't because I was scared of going to hell. Have you ever done that before? You're like, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to just raise my hand real quick. <laughs> it wasn't because of that. It wasn't out of fear. It was just, I'm tired. You know what it was? Put, put Luke up. Put Luke up. One more time. Put Luke up. Luke for 24 verse 5. 24 verse 5. I get it. I get it. Verse 5. He said, why do you look for the living among the dead? And that's when I realized that's been me. I've been looking to find life in dead things. I've been hoping that my life will be better if, if I'm ranked high enough in basketball. I think I was hoping that my life would be better if this girl likes me. I was hoping my life would be better if these guys wanted to hang out. I thought my life would be better in things that were dead. And I understand Luke 5. And I want to ask you, Luke 5. Why do you look for the living? among the dead why are you hoping that attention from that person will fill the void in your life of feeling loved why are you hoping that if that coach or that team wants you or if that if that school accepts you or if you if that person says I love you or like whatever it is why are you looking for living for the living among the dead now here's the really crazy part that I didn't tell you guys about but I'm gonna show it to you right now and then I'm going to let you go. Because I don't even know what the clock is right now. I could be way over. I don't know. Can I get a couple more minutes? Okay. So, 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 it said in the beginning, go back, go back to verse 1. It said on the first day of the morning, the women took the spices, they prepared and went to them, and then they found the what rolled away? The what? Okay, I checked out. This is so cool. This is why I like the Bible. Because the Bible is just like this whole thing. You know that whole kingdom tapestry and everything's knitted together and it's all sewed in and it all works out and, and you find out that even though you live in the middle of you know boondocks maryland and someone else lives in baltimore and someone else lives in ireland that you always all have all these things in common and this is what i didn't realize about jesus and this is what i love about the bible jesus is great 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 grandpappy his name was david david defeated goliath by throwing a Okay, check this out. The Bible says that he defeated Goliath on this mountain or on this hill called uh, Gal or Gath. The, 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 the giant's name was Goliath. He was Goliath from Gath, okay? So he, he, he beats him up on this hill called Gath. Then he does something super savage that they don't tell you about this in kids' church. He cuts off Goliath's head. So after he hit him with the rock, he then cut off his head with his own sword. Super savage. I love it. Then he takes his head uh, and he puts it in this place called Jerusalem, okay? It's, it's super crazy. Well, then you fast forward thousands of years later, right before, well, three days before this, before Jesus was crucified on a hill called Golgotha. So Jesus himself dies on a cross on top of Golgotha. The last time something significant happened on that same hill, a giant was killed. What's significant about that? Jesus was proving by doing it in that format, on that moment, 
that the same way that there was one giant that was in the, in the way of freedom for the people of Israel, there is another giant 2,000 years later that was in the way of freedom for all of us, and it was called sin. Here's what sin does. Sin stops you from trusting in a relation with Jesus, but it, it, it's something that you can't stop on your own. Because a lot of us have tried. We like, I'll, I'll stop thinking bad thoughts. I'll think better thoughts. I'll stop looking at that. I'll stop doing that. And you try and try and try, and you last for a couple days or a couple weeks or maybe a couple months, and you'll come to RVR and you'll feel all good. I'm like, I'm done with the sin. I'm gonna be better. And then you fall back because you're trying to do it on your own and you were not designed to defeat sin. But here's what's better. You don't have to defeat sin. It was defeated for you. And then not only was it defeated for you, but then Jesus does this boss move where he, he dies on the hill of Golgotha and he says, it is finished. Everybody say, it is finished. You know, here's what I need you to, I need you to, don't, I, I, you said it, but here's why I need you to meet it. I need you to think about the thing that keeps you up at night. I need you to think about the thing that stresses you out. I need you to think about the thing that is, you feel like is separating you from really trusting God. Think about it. Now I need you to say what Jesus says about that same thing. It is finished. Depression, anxiety, fear, negative self-thoughts, your past, your trauma has no power over you because Jesus Christ said it is. And then he does something better than just saying it is finished. He moves the stone out of the way. Jesus, David used a stone to kill a giant. Jesus moved a stone to make sure that there's nothing blocking relationship with you. And every time you go to back to that thing, every time you go back to that thing that he's already freed you from, he asks the same question. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Your purpose is not in your past. The life God has for you, it's not too late. The best days of your life are still ahead of you. Stand up with me, please. I love that. Jesus died for your sins so you wouldn't have to. And resurrection is available every day. I thought I had to fix myself for Jesus to want me or for, for me to be a good Christian. And I didn't realize that that's not what Christianity is about. We can't fix ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We can't kill the giants we're facing, but we don't have to. Every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. Here's what I know for a fact. I don't know every single person in this room, but I know this is true about every single person in this room. You, each and every one of you, you're all facing a giant. Meaning you're facing something that you can't overcome on your own. Maybe it's the way you view yourself. Maybe it's some mistakes that you've made in the past that you keep punishing yourself for. Maybe you're cutting yourself not because of what you've done, but, or not because of you feel like it, because you're still trying to punish yourself for things you've done in the past. Maybe you isolate yourself because you have this giant of insecurity, of, 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 of low self-worth that tells you no one really wants you. Maybe you try to be the funny guy or the cool guy because on the inside you feel unseen and insecure. So you try to overcompensate. 
Well, if I'm funny, then they'll like me. If I make fun of other people, then they'll like me. If I do what he wants, then he'll like me. Here's what I want you to know. Why are you fighting to be liked when someone died to prove that you're already loved? Don't settle for being liked. Live from a place of knowing that you're loved, you're wanted, you're desired, you're significant. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, from the grave, you'll be saved. That's really all Christianity is. It's just faith in believing that the creator of heaven and earth sees you, loves you, and wants you, and that he actually is all of that. He's capable of doing all of that. Whether you're a lying, manipulating, womanizing, rapey, manipulator like David, or whether you think you have it all together, or you try to pretend like you do, no matter where you land at, Jesus is available for you. So I just want to invite you to take a chance on a relationship with God. And I don't have any magical prayer for you. I'm not going to make you repeat a bunch of things. I'm just going to ask you one question. Do you believe? Do you believe that God believes in you? When I say God, I want to be clear. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, Son of God, the Son of David, the one who would choose an imperfect family to come through just so we can have relationships with imperfect people like us. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to dismiss to, to small groups, I believe, or to outside. But here's what I want to ask of you. I want you to... This isn't a time to start joking with your friends or because I, I want you to think about this. We have questions that I believe we're going to discuss, but here's the main thing I want to ask you. One, what dead thing are you going back to? What's the thing you're going back to looking for life? And number two, would you be willing to trust in the love of God tonight? I'm going to pray over you, then I'm going to dismiss you, and we're going to quietly exit out. And we're going to have quiet time, individual quiet time outside, one-on-one. God, I thank you for every single student in this room. I thank you for every single story that's represented in here. I thank you, God, that they're not here by accident or coincidence. God, I pray for freedom tonight for every single person. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak to the hearts of every single young person in this room. You speak freedom to them. Let them know that their past, it's finished. You're not judging them based on their past. And that past includes what they did 10 minutes ago. I pray for the faith, God. It's hard to trust when we've been hurt. 
It's hard to trust when we've been let down. It's hard to trust when you don't feel like you can see a, a brighter future or a better anything better happening. It's hard to trust when a lot of these students know that as soon as they leave this camp, they're going to go back to chaotic homes or broken homes or families that make them pretend like everything's okay when everything is not okay. But God, show them that you're with them even in those times. Show them that you're with them when they're alone in their room. Show them that you're with them, that you love them, that you understand. And that you just want them to take a chance on trusting you. Help our unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.